Thank you for tuning in to Make It In The South Sound, the Chamber's podcast series, bringing you stories and information about and for the South Sound business community. This podcast series is made possible through the support of our generous sponsors, Amazon, Columbia Bank, the Minority Business Development Agency, and Verizon Wireless. Well, hello everyone. I'm AJ Gordon, Vice President of Banner Bank and Chair of the Tacoma Pierce County Chamber of Commerce Board of Directors. Thank you for joining us today. One of our core values of the Chamber is business advocacy. So today we'll be talking to Michael Transu, the Chamber's state lobbyist. And yes, for those of you that didn't know, the Chamber does have a lobbyist that helps us push for legislation at the state level that we believe is important for our members. We've asked Michael to talk to us about some legislation that has recently passed, which promises to have a profound positive impact on our economy, specifically the data center bill. Michael, thank you for being here and taking time to help us understand what this legislation is about and what's it going to do and mean for us here in the South Sound. Hello, AJ. Nice to be here and thank you for having me. So our listeners may not know anything about this topic, so let's start with some basics. In your own words, what is a data center? So um, data centers are of two types. Um, They are of a type where a particular um, company has a data center where they do all of their uh, background storage. So all of those things you store on Facebook, all of those things you store in the cloud are basically stored in a data center. Um, Mostly on the east side of the state, they are single uh, occupant data centers. Um, On this side of the state, uh, we have what are called co-located data centers. Mm -hmm. A co-located data center is a place where multiple tenants can have uh, servers in a data center. So rather than, say, having like a Microsoft or a Verizon data center, this is a data center that could have multiple tenants. So the chamber, a university, a planning entity, a law firm, those sites of entities that have a lot of data storage needs um, would benefit from a co-located data center, which is the one we have in Pierce County right now. That's great. So they can utilize resources together as opposed to the infrastructure of having just one singular data center for themselves. That's correct. Fantastic. So why do we want to have data centers in Pierce County? So data centers are what I would call a critical part of the digital infrastructure. And so again, think about all of those things that you all store, both personally and from a business standpoint, in the cloud. So having a local opportunity, let's say for a big law firm or a good sized company or even a medium sized company to be able to utilize a co-located data center um, in Pierce County provides that economic development incentive for folks to utilize a data center that's located in their own community. Um, We can see tie-ins with education, um, all of those things that kind of COVID has put us toward in terms Mm -hmm. of storage, data storage, doing things online um, really kind of drives the the data centers quite a bit and having the ability of multiple companies to be able to use a local data center uh, we think will drive some economics and some economic development in Pierce County. Well we love talking about economic development so that is fantastic. Uh, Specifically how does this bill attract data centers? So right now um, we have one data center that's on South Hill of Pierce County. It's uh, operated by a company called the Centeris Company um, and it is uh, partially filled uh, with some servers in it right now um, and the hope is is that you know having this incentive and having the ability to not have to pay sales and use tax um, on that infrastructure whether it's a server 
um, whether it's an update to the heating and ventilation system. Uh, if you don't know, uh, data centers require a lot of cooling. There's mm -hmm. a lot of heat in there, um, a lot of servers running. So um, there's a lot of economic development that comes along with keeping it just up to speed too. Now, is there also competition for counties and states to attract data centers? Yeah, so Washington was one of the few states that makes a dis that did make a distinction between urban and rural data centers. So uh, the rural data center pers uh, the rural data center preference was adopted maybe ten or so twelve years ago, um, and Washington because of that um, distinction between urban and rural uh, was left at a little bit of a competitive disadvantage for sales tax purposes. Um, so you can imagine on a $10 million investment, uh, you have to pay, give or take, 10% sales and use tax, so it's mm -hmm. another million dollars into your investment. Um, and I would note that, you know, in Oregon, uh, in Hillsboro, which is going gangbusters, um, with data centers, they don't have a sales tax. My impression in talking with folks who are experts in the industry is that's largely the first question that comes out of somebody's mouth when they want right. to locate a data center is, do you have a sales tax? So and tax centers are a good thing. Absolutely. Yeah. You mentioned there's one right now in South Hill. Are there plans to build other data centers in Pierce County? There isn't to my knowledge, uh, but certainly this opens the door uh, to somebody who would want to um, and increase the number of data centers in Pierce County would be great. Um, particularly if you consider data centers as part of a digital infrastructure and how that goes along with, again, all the things I mentioned, AJ, about all the things you store mm -hmm. um, in the cloud, um, as it were. Um, I know that out there now there are um, a large gaming company uh, that's uh, got some storage out there okay. and also a planning and engineering firm that does as well. So um, definitely there's a need for them, um, and hopefully this... Uh, Bill, House Bill uh, 1846 is something that encourages folks to look at urban sites. Very cool. So this legislation that got passed is relatively new. When do you think we'll start seeing the benefits from this new legislation? So the legislation does not go into effect until July, um, at which point in time there will be applications being accepted uh, for the urban data centers. We are, um, the, the bill was applicable only to the three largest urban counties. So Pierce, King, and Snohomish um, are the start uh, for urban data center tax preference legislation. Um, and so uh, we'll be working with uh, data centers uh, to help bring them to Pierce County and King and Snohomish as well. It is a pilot project. Um, so it's limited to six in the first year. Okay. So we should see um, some uh, data center proposals coming through in all three counties um, shortly after July, maybe into the June and August timeframe. Great. So we'll start seeing some movement this summer. That's I hope very so. exciting. That's the idea. So Michael, from your seat as our lobbyist, what role did the chamber play in helping get this bill passed? Oh my gosh. So. Um, we started this effort, I mentioned to you, you know, before we started this, there was an effort in 2018 by then-Senator Hans Zeiger, mm -hmm. um, who was kind of started this process of why isn't there an urban tax preference right. for data centers. So started back in 2018 um, with he and uh, then-Senator Palumbo, uh, both of whom um, have left the Senate. But we started this largely the year after that in 2019, okay. uh, where we had legislation introduced to basically provide for um, an urban-only data center. And at that point in time, we limited it uh, to Pierce County only. 
Um, we were being very mindful and cautious of the fiscal impacts uh, that a bill would have both on the state budget, their sales and uh, use tax, but also remember that has an impact on the city's or the county's sales and use tax revenue that they receive as well. Um, so started in uh, 2019 and um, at that point in time had some really good hearings. Uh, no bill at that point in time moved out um, of either the House or the Senate. And then uh, in 2020 we started the same effort all over again. And I think most folks in this room know, but every two years the legislature starts anew or afresh mm -hmm. in terms of the bill that, bills that are introduced. So in 2020, we had to start all over again <laughs> um, and got some really good sponsorship from Senator Chris Gildon out of the Puyallup area, and then also uh, Representative Cindy Jacobson, who's his seatmate out there as well. Very good. A lot of our listeners are going to have their interests peaked after hearing this podcast. Where can they go to find out more information? Uh, so they can go to the Chamber website. I know that we're working on sort of an update in terms of the specifics um, of the legislation. Um, and they're always free to contact me or you directly uh, <laughs> to get some good information on, on how it's progressing. That sounds great. Well, we're going to have to wrap up this episode of the podcast. Thank you, Michael, for your time and your insight and all the leadership you provide as our lobbyist of the Chamber. Appreciate it. This was really interesting, and it's great to hear about a win like this for our region. Plus, it's always cool to hear about the unexpected ways the Chamber is working to make the local business climate better for our community. Any last parting words for our listeners today? Yeah. Um, well, the other thing I would add in terms of our involvement, uh, one of the things that uh, we helped coordinate in House Bill 1846 um, is coordinating uh, letters to legislators. So, for example, we helped coordinate a letter from Executive Dan Meyer, uh, Mayor Woodards, um, the Economic Development Board, Bruce Kendall, Tom Pearson, and then the Mayor um, of Puyallup also penned a letter together with our labor partners uh, to the legislature, so we helped coordinate that. The other thing that we did uh, is helped coordinate um, all of the communications uh, to the legislature. Um, and in addition, we coordinated uh, testimony that's required before the subcommittees in both the House and the Senate so that uh, it could be known to the legislators how important of an issue this was to Pierce County and having like our labor partners um, and Council Member Zeiger, who was with the Pierce County Council, although not a senator any longer, uh, who was very, both were very helpful in terms of providing testimony to the legislature. So another kind of example of how we were involved at the chamber level in terms of getting the bill passed. Well, that's good. Many voices definitely speak louder and usually are heard better, right? Indeed. <laughs> well, thanks again, Michael. That does it for this episode. Thank you for joining us for Making It in the South Sound. Our episodes can be found on the Chamber's website, TacomaChamber.org. Look for the link at the homepage at the top menu. You can listen to Making It in the South Sound directly on our website, or better yet, subscribe to them and never miss an episode. We want to thank our sponsors today. Without their generous commitment, this series would not be possible. Amazon, Columbia Bank, the Minority Business Development Agency, and Verizon Wireless. Thank you, and watch for future episodes coming soon. Goodbye, everyone.